to remember that Jesus said, in the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. To me, that's a guiding principle. We shouldn't be shocked that in the world in which we live, that there are issues, be it pandemics or mandates or natural disasters or people doing things that are horrific. Jesus told us, Welcome to the special Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio, featuring Pastor Daniel Fusco. Each week, we share a conversation between Daniel and a special guest. It is frustrating to have to experience the difficulties that life brings your way. That's true. Watching people go through the trials of life can be saddening. But Pastor Daniel will be talking with Jason Ritchie about the provision that Jesus offers his followers, which is the power to not just survive, but thrive through tough times. Now, here's Pastor Daniel and Jason Ritchie with the Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio. So I got on up and I gave her a big hug and I said, sweetheart, I love you so much. And I cannot wait to hang out with you. 17 seconds ago, I told you I needed five minutes. So I'm going to have you go in the other room. Let me just finish this. And I'm going to be out in no time. Do you believe that I'll be out? She's like, yes, I believe you'll be out. I'm like, okay, so we can do this. Can we do this? Yes, we can. we'll do it together. And it was so different than me being like, Annabelle, I said I needed five minutes. And so I was impressed that I responded that way because I wouldn't say that that would be the normal way that I would respond. But I do credit the transforming work of the Spirit of God as I am seeking to put feet on the Beatitudes and the fruit of the Spirit in my own life. That is so good. And I think one thing you brought up earlier that I think probably all of us are hearing real clearly is the practice of this stuff is different than reading the book, talking about it, even being in a life of faith and spiritual awareness. Talk a little bit about that idea that you brought up of, I'm going to do one of these a month. Maybe you're going to reread, I'm guessing. Am I right? You're going to reread that chapter and and you're going to kind of focus on that and maybe even look some other stuff up to get deeper into it and stuff and go, how am I going to, how is this going to look in my life, this fruit of the spirit and maybe the beatitude that's accompanying it. So you're talking about a practice, an actual working out of it. Can you talk about how we do that? Cause that's something I think we all struggle with is the application of it versus the reading or the listening at church or even knowing in our heart. Yeah. So, I mean, I always think what the Apostle Paul said in his letter to the Philippians, that we should work out our faith with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you to will and to do for his good pleasure. And so it's a kind of a fascinating juxtaposition. He's saying, work it out. But you're working out what God has already worked in. And so I think what Paul is saying is that for a person who's put their faith and trust in Jesus, the Spirit of God dwells within your heart. And so God has already placed in us the ability to will, to desire, and to do the things that give God pleasure. So our job is to kind of work it out in real time. And so I'm always trying to find ways 
to make these things actionable, to work them out. And so sometimes it's as simple, like with the fruit of the spirit, like, yeah, I could do a lot further studying on the words in the Greek and word searches, but really like when it comes down to it, like, I don't really need to know a lot more about gentleness. I just need to like, how can I be gentle? So same thing like with kindness, you don't really need to look up all the places kindness is found in the Bible. It's like, well, Am I being kind? And so I think what happens a lot of times for the children of God, for people who are walking with Jesus, is we know these concepts, but we're really not thinking like, what does this look like at street level with feet on? I always say we want to put feet on our faith. We want to be the fragrance of Christ. And so kindness does matter. Gentleness does matter. Patience does matter. That idea of what the fruit of the Spirit is peace. And in the book, I talk about how there's peace with God which is that upward peace, that peace in the relationship with God, which gives us now the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. That's an inward peace. And then, of course, Jesus in the Beatitudes says, blessed are the peacemakers, which is now a proactive outward peace. And so for me, that's really concrete. And so the question is, do I believe in Jesus? Yes, then me and God are not enemies anymore. We were enemies. I was at enmity with God until I put my faith and trust in Jesus. So I'm at peace with God. Now, if I don't find myself with an inward peace, then that's something I need to work on because the Apostle Paul told us that we should be anxious for nothing but everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. We should let our requests be made known to God and then the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, Philippians 4. So if I'm not feeling that inward peace, then I'm like, okay, so am I praying? Am I walking in thanksgiving? When I find myself with these anxious thoughts, then am I not trusting? So that's like I have to realize that that's, I have to be aware of what I'm experiencing and then kind of run the checklist. And then if I am at peace with God and I have the peace of God, then the normal natural blossoming or fruit or the outgrowth of peace with God and peace of God will be proactive peacemaking. So if I find myself in situations where now I am creating conflict which we've worked together. So you know that I could do that. (laughs) I could create chaos a little bit. I have to be like, okay, so hold on. Something's messed up here. So I need to stop and be like, okay, how does this look in real time? Sometimes it's after actioning an experience that I failed in it, which involves a repentance and it involves not only repentance to God, but also apologizing to people for the way that I've handled things. But that's part of it. And then as we move into the day, being like, hey, I want to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. I have a responsibility, like I need to say with the knobs on my side of the wall, to work out what God has already placed within me. And I think that that's really where the rubber meets the road. And that's one of the things, reasons why I wanted to write the book. It's one of the reasons I love doing the podcast, because how can we work this stuff out? So you mentioned peace, and when you said that, it reminded me of something that we've all been talking about a lot, and I think peace is a part of it, which is we're learning through this last year and a half that there's so much anger and aggression, and it could be pressure or stress or feeling of powerlessness or whatever it is that causes this. But at the end of the day, the cause isn't really what matters as much as how we deal with it and how we process it. How does the crazy happy message, that journey in the Beatitudes and the fruit of the Spirit, how does that kind of connect with this problem so many of us have, which is that bubbling, simmering kind of anger that people seem to be having all over the nation 
and even inside the church. Yeah, I think that the message of Jesus in the Beatitudes and the Apostle Paul in the fruit of the Spirit given to us by the Holy Spirit in the Scriptures, we have to remember that Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. To me, that's a guiding principle. We shouldn't be shocked that in the world in which we live, that there are issues, be it pandemics or mandates or natural disasters or people doing things that are horrific. Jesus told us, even the Apostle Paul told Timothy, yea, all who desire to live life godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And you're like, gosh. And then Jesus says like, you know, oh, oh, how happy are you when you're persecuted for righteousness sake? Now, I make the point in the book that every time someone comes against a Christian doesn't always mean that we're being persecuted for righteousness sake. Sometimes we're just being a jerk. And so we're being dumb. And and so people get upset with that and as they should. So like, I think the reality becomes for all of us that there is, the world is full of issues and Jesus has overcome. Now Jesus overcoming the trials of the world does not mean that our lives will be devoid of trials. What it means is that in the midst of the trials, we believe that God is doing a work of transformation within us. And so I write all the books that I get to write. I write it for myself. Like, I can't believe no one wrote this book before. And I want the manual on how to do this stuff. So I'm like, well, I'll write it because I'll search the scriptures and I'll try and dissect what's going on in my own world and the world of the people around me and the church family and the community in which I live in the Pacific Northwest. So, But in a lot of ways, I'm constantly reminded that happiness is not actually found when everything is working perfectly. And we have so many cultural examples of that where you have people who have been super successful and they're completely unhappy. People are at the top of their fields and they're complaining about it. And everyone's like, yeah, it must be so hard to be like a multi-billionaire. Or people who this couple's been married forever and they're having this amazing impact and then their marriage falls apart. You're like, all that shimmers isn't gold, as those great English theologians Led Zeppelin told us in Stairway to Heaven. And it's like, so I think the crazy happy framework, we shouldn't be surprised that people are, there's a simmering, there's a boiling over. Because we've been under so much stress and so much tribulation and so much pressure With the pandemic and then all the things that have gone on, there's been social unrest, there's political unrest, and there's just an upheaval happening. But Jesus is saying in the midst of the upheaval that's happening, there is a joy that you can tap into that when you're living not just for the ease of the day, but for the kingdom of God, there is an opportunity to find happiness in the midst of the conflict. I'm learning it in real time in my own life, and I'm walking with people who are learning it for themselves as well, which is really beautiful. Yeah, that's really good. In the midst of the conflict, in the middle of the conflict, and I think a lot of us are figuring out that maybe the conflict is going to be tougher than we thought. It's going to last longer than we thought, and it's going to push back at us harder than we thought, and it's going to affect more relationships than we thought. And so just being reminded of that is so huge. And thinking about this book, I want to make sure we mention again that if you haven't read it, if you don't have it, you really ought to go out and get crazy happy. Anywhere you get books, any bookseller online, or if you want to order it physically, locally at a bookstore, that's wonderful too to support them. This is something that is so fundamental, so foundational, but yet 
something that's so not understood really well to the depth of what you get at in this book. And I just love that about the book. So an encouragement to everybody, you really ought to grab that or if you have it, reread it. Now, looking back, you're talking about the pandemic and all the different pieces that are kind of have spilled out of that. What are some of the things you have learned, things that maybe surprised you that changed how you view the world or how you work with people or help people or any of that? What have you learned in this last year and a half? The lessons for me have been innumerable, really. Because when it all began very quickly, and Jason, we were talking about this, that like, there's no going back, there's only going forward, and I want to grow through this. So I think one of the big lessons for me has been, I've really been learning a lot about surrendering, the idea of trusting God. One of the things that God spoke to me pretty early on in all of it was, I can trust him no matter what the outcome is. And what I've realized in this time of this pandemic and all these things, I realized how little I trust God. It was very much like, we just need to get past this and move back to the way things used to be. And I think what happens is, is when we don't surrender to what God is doing, then we end up missing what God is wanting to teach us. And so I've caught myself really struggling to surrender to what is as opposed to what I want it to be or what I think it should be. And because of that, I feel like God has really been saying, Daniel, do you trust me? Within Crazy Happy, one of the themes of all nine surprising ways to live the truly beautiful life is if we really trust the Lord, this is what it actually looks like. And so that idea of surrendering and not only just surrendering to what's happening, but also abandoning all outcomes, being completely comfortable with no matter how this works out, God is still good. Jesus is still real. God is still working things out. And even if my least preferred outcome happens, that I can still have a happiness in Christ, a joy that no one can touch it. And that practically being lived out has been really kind of a unique gift to me personally. Well, now, what about you, Jason? I mean, you've been going through this too. So what has been one of the lessons that you have learned in the midst of all of this? Oh, it's a great question. I think for me, you're kind of right on with what I've been experiencing, which is God's been asking all of us to trust him more, to, um, to be aware of him more and him moving in our lives instead of us being able to orchestrate everything and be really comfortable with everything. For me personally, I think it would be, I like control and I like, um, you know, setting, setting the system in place and letting it do its thing and it works and it's successful. I think for me, it's a matter of, um, you know, coming to terms with, you know, everything is out of control. Um, and, uh, uh, of course we want self-control, but I'm, I'm, I'm talking about like controlling our environment is just not like what it used to be. I think we had this false sense of this hustle culture where we get up and get at it and we learn and we push and all that kind of broke apart (laughs) and we were just trying to survive. And then, 
trying to figure out what that did with relationships and with our own feelings and our hopes and dreams. And so for me, uh, one thing I've really enjoyed is just kind of going back to basics. I think that's what I liked about the book too. It's really all about getting back to those basics, those foundational basics that build the life of a person who's on a spiritual journey with Jesus. It's about the same things we always thought it was about, but uh, what does that look like? How is that playing out? What is that? What is that uh, spiritual discipline or set of spiritual disciplines look like um, in my life? And how is that really taking shape and blossoming and growing? That and finding a mirror to myself for mm. sure. How can I find a feedback loop where I'm getting honest feedback on how I'm doing? Because that's a part of it that's big. I'm not going to see myself the way other people are going to see me. So, yeah, I think that would be it for kind of the top of mind stuff for me. And when we're talking about this, and I know you're kind of getting to the end of your time with us today, but one thing I wanted to ask you about. So we've talked about long suffering and patience, but I'm curious about the self-control one because we haven't really gotten into that. And I know you haven't maybe done your month of self-control yet, but I'm really wondering about that because that's the one in the book that is just like, it's always like the last one and you're, you know, you just give lip service to it, but it's like the tough one. And then this month we've been in our church in the book of James and talking about controlling the tongue and the life of a believer is seeing this faith and this scripture worked out in real time. And I'm just curious what your perspective is on that self-control fruit of the spirit. And I joke in the book about it that it's last on the list for a reason. I think what the Bible is getting at with self-control, it's not like kind of your pop psychology, like self-mastery. It's really about living a life that is truly surrendered to the will of God above our own will. So it's not about necessarily white knuckling life, so as they say, like where you're kind of holding on tight and hanging on no matter what, kind of like the Rudy Rudiger from the movie Rudy, where he's trying to tackle that guy and he's just hanging on, you know, it's like we have a tendency to think that's what self-control is, but really self-control, it's a life that is yielded to Jesus in such a way that we only speak when Jesus asks us to speak. We only respond. We don't just react to situations. We only respond proactively in the way that Jesus invites us to. And I know for me personally, every moment of every day is an opportunity to seek to live kind of a yielded life. You think of that idea of yielding. It's like really what you're doing is you're pumping the brakes on your self-styled ways of living so that you can let the spirit yeah. of God push down the accelerator on God's life in our midst. Like I always say this, like, you know, like I'm not preaching to anybody. I wrote the book because I wanted the manual so that I can, like, I want to be truly happy as I move through this world. I'm not saying that I have achieved that. I'm a learner on the journey with people. And I'm saying, Hey, this is what the scriptures teach. This is what Jesus teaches. This is, and because of this, this is how we can try and get at that. And so for me, I'm not saying that I am like, I have not, uh, mastered, uh, so to speak, self-control as a fruit of the spirit. I'm not like, hey, the self-control is in full blossom in every area of my life. But I do believe that what God is inviting us into, you know, Jesus said that we should enter by the narrow gate. 
and it's a difficult way and few find it and it leads to life. And we know that Jesus himself is that narrow gate, believing in Jesus. But I think once we believe in Jesus, I think the way that God invites us to follow Jesus is also a narrow gate. And it is a difficult way. And not a lot of people find it, but it is, it leads to the abundant life. And so I think every day having to remind myself that I need to yield to my self-styled ideas about what it's supposed to be and how things are supposed to work. And so that Jesus, so that the spirit of God can really hit the accelerator on uh, on God's kingdom and God's will as opposed to my own. I think that's really where self-control is. At least I see it at work in my own life in a way that is challenging and beautiful and life-giving. That's great. Yeah, we should all write that down. Like if you didn't write it down, go write it down. <laughs> we should rewrite that section of the crazy Yielding. happy. I don't know if I said it that way. Oh, I don't think so. Yielding so that God can step on the accelerator. And that is different than the way I think of yielding. Well, maybe I, <laughs> I think you could attest to the fact that sometimes the yield light means I do step on my accelerator, <laughs> but I don't think that's what, what you're getting at. And that usually does not get uh, good re- feedback from the people in the car. So you're, <laughs> you included, but, um, but that idea of yielding, you know, normally you think about being quiet and, standing to the side and watching while somebody else does the work. I love that idea of active yielding. Like, no, yielding is this process of doing what we need to do to get out of the way, but let God then push that accelerator down and let's see what happens. What a great close to our time together to walk away with that and say, what would that look like in my life? That's so powerful. So I will leave it to you. How do you want to take us out today? Well, so I always love to ask all the people I get to have on the podcast, and I've really enjoyed our conversation and always do, Jason. If you had the opportunity to speak to every Christian alive today with just a few sentences, what would you tell them? Oh, wow, that's kind of a heavy one. I, <laughs> that's not what I thought you were going to say, like, what kind of ice cream do you like or something like that? I would say, um, and of course I have this on my mind because we've been talking about it, but just let God do his work. Mm-hmm. Like just let him do what he wants to do. He's going to make that clear, participate in it and let him do his work. Beautiful. Gonna, he's going to do an amazing thing, but we need to let him do it and yield to him and let it, let him do it. Amen. Well, on behalf of Jason Ritchie, myself, Daniel Fusco, thanks for joining us on this episode of the Crazy Happy Podcast. Listen, you're going to have a lot of opportunities as you move through today and tomorrow and the coming days to sprinkle a little crazy happiness into every environment you find yourself in. So we just want to encourage you to do that and let the Lord do what he wants to do. So thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you all next time. God bless you. As you well know, life is challenging at times. You have just the regular day-to-day stuff and then bam, you're in a car accident or your kid gets sick and has to be in the hospital. What do you do? How do you handle that? 
Well, Jason and Pastor Daniel gave a lot of helpful tips for coping with crisis and showed you how they handled them with God's help. And as you use these tools, you'll see God working in you, too. Thanks for joining Pastor Daniel Fusco for the Crazy Happy Podcast. Each week, Pastor Daniel is joined by journalist and author Billy Hallowell to discuss relevant topics, interview guests, and share the hope of the gospel message. If you'd like more information about this podcast, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Be sure to subscribe so you're notified each time we post a new edition. Now, here's Josh to let you know what you'll hear next week. Thanks for listening. As a Christian, there's always this tension between this world and its way of doing things and the way the kingdom of God does things. It's great that God gave the Beatitudes and the knowledge of the fruit of the Spirit to instruct His followers, but better that He gave the power of the Holy Spirit to work them in your life. Join us next time as Pastor Daniel will be interviewing the multi-talented Pastor Gabe Marino. Well, that's all we have time for on this special Friday edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Today's broadcast was produced from the Crazy Happy Podcast with Pastor Daniel Fusco. Be sure to subscribe to the Crazy Happy Podcast today. And be sure to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.